So let's begin. Uh, page what? 97. Page 97. And the first question is, what do you like best about your home? Comfort. Comfort? All right. Anything else? Anybody else that like best about your home? Recliner. Recliner. Hmm? Recliner. Recliner. Okay. <laughs> the recliner. All right. The peace that it brings. The peace that it brings. Like a safe haven. Okay, a safe haven. Shelter. All right. Space. Space. All right. Okay. Place for some degree of relaxation. Place for some degree of relaxation. All right. Serenity. Serenity. Okay. And the fact that it's your home, right? Well, you own it. You own it, at least for a while, eh? Until the Lord takes you to the mansion above. Right. Okay, uh, Ephesians teaches God's desire for unity among Jewish and Gentile believers in Christ. The Lord Jesus abolished the wall of hostility that divided them and reconciled the two groups by his cross. The concept of love appears, that is agape love, appears almost two dozen times in the six chapters. The Apostle Paul, who authored the letter, also stressed God's design for the family. He highlighted the responsibility of husbands and wives and children and parents and slaves and masters or employees and employers for our, our particular times. All right, so we're going to look at uh, those aspects uh, in our study today, uh, beginning first by looking at what uh, the Bible meets life, and then we'll look at uh, the point. Bible meets life. Paul, go ahead. for most people, the same the single word can generate a good feeling, a sense of comfort, security, and even longing. After all, there's no place like home. No matter where we live or in what season of life, of life, we currently find ourselves. Home is the place where we can let our hair down and be well at home. It's when we are at home that we reveal who we really are and demonstrate what really matters to us. We might pretend to be a Christian at church, mm. but it's impossible to fake it at home. Home is a place where, pe where the people we love the most have a front row seat to our lives. Mm. Whatever your situation looks like, at this stage of life, Jesus wants you to be the best member of your family that you can possibly be. Thankfully, he hasn't left you alone to figure it out what that looks like. A disciple, as disciple of Jesus, our identity is in Christ. And the identity and that slow down, slow down, take your time, take your time. <laughs> and that identity can be seen in a home environment 
of Christ, center of love, submission, and obedience. Okay. Don't rush it. <laughs> like I would say speed. <laughs> yeah, you know, you don't need to be speedy though. <laughs> okay. And most important, love in the home. Love in the home, that's right. Okay, so what's the point of our study today? Oh, is where our identity in Christ is clearly lived out. Okay, it's where our identity in Christ is not vaguely, but clearly lived out. Right? Okay, let's look at the first passage we have then on page 99. Christ. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord, because the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of the body. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also, wives, I just submit to their husbands and everything. I have to keep, I have to check right here. One time, uh, Sarah, you read that I finished talking. I'm trying just to share this. Uh, first, three, a, a marriage should really be between two people that are saved. I always wonder, every time I read one of the people say, you don't even say a word, and you can bring your husband. I said, why well, you can't say you must carry on all, you know, you mustn't say nothing. But then after I really get to understand the word, quiet is with free. Mm -hmm. And I just come into this, now I can say that before, mm -hmm. but for those who with their husband now, I can tell them, be quiet. Be still. I don't say nothing. No matter what happens, just pray. I can tell the word that I see it now. Don't say nothing, don't care what it is. Anyhow, just say, Lord, quiet. Now you're going. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Paul began with these words Wives, submit to your husband as to the Lord. Contemporary culture laughs at such wisdom, calling it and out of touch. You may even cringe as you read this passage. Our society has gone to great lengths to paint a negative stereotype on, on any submissive person. Yet, God intended these verses as an invitation to a blessing. Just as God has blessed the church with Christ as its leader, God wants to bless every family with a leader. For families with a husband in the home, God has assigned him to be the leader. The text is as clear as our culture is confused. God's desire for the family has always been and will always be to have only two hands on the wheel. It would be disastrous to have four hands on the wheel or none. Let's first look at submission in a broader context. As Christians, we're all called to submit to Christ. To be a Christian is to be someone who has submitted to and acknowledged the Lordship of Jesus. Therefore, a wife who submits to her husband has simply submitted her marriage to Christ. 
That's why Paul said wives are to submit to their husbands as to the Lord. <laughs> Submission isn't a natural behavior for us. It's never easy, but it is expected. Wives who willingly submit to their husbands are entrusting their marriage to God. That doesn't mean the wife places her faith in her husband. Rather, she places her faith in Jesus to lead her husband. In the same way, submission does not mean silence. I rely on my wife as a source of wisdom and a sounding board for what I am thinking. I look forward to her opinion and greatly value her thoughts and insights. I married an amazing woman, and I would be a fool not to listen to her advice. As the church submits to Christ, so too, wives are to submit to their husbands in everything. To submit in everything doesn't include things that are wrong. God never expects a wife to God never expects a wife to be complicit in sin. If the husband desires, choices, or demands are wrong, it's the wife's duty first and foremost to be obedient to Christ. In this way, submission is never a passive action. It's a choice to live a life of obedience to Christ. As we'll see, Jesus is the leader and supreme head over all, especially husbands. Okay. A lot of things in there we're going to look at as we summarize those points. But uh, what's your second question? What's your initial reaction to these verses? When we read those verses, what is your initial reaction to verses 22, 23, and 24? That's going to be difficult. Yeah. Hmm? It's going to be difficult. It's going to be difficult. Okay. Understanding. Understanding. All right. Anyone else? Really? Hmm? Like, really? Hesitation? <laughs> <laughs> or you gotta be joking? Yes. Are you serious? Are you serious? Okay. <laughs> hmm? <laughs> Say what? <laughs> and those reactions are typical reactions of who? Mostly. The wives. Hmm? The wives. <laughs> those reactions? Yeah, those kind of reactions. The, 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 the initial reaction to these verses are typical of who? The wife. The wife, okay. But I, I want to speak for people like me, too. When I hear those verses, they're like, you know, you, you say mother pie and apple motherhood and apple pie is just, you know, American, they say. Mm-hmm. Well, that's just Christianity to me when I read those verses because I grew up in a home where my mother was submissive to my father. Mm-hmm. My father preached the word on top of that. Mm-hmm. And I heard it preached and I've understood these verses since I was a little girl when I could begin to understand. Mm-hmm. And so I know that they're right and I expect that that's my guiding, um, overarching guide for my life as a married woman now. Mm-hmm. So, so I love those verses and they mean a lot to me and they guide me. But I realize in practical living, you know, sometimes my husband's got a filly to deal with. <laughs> okay. We're over it. All right. Okay. Well, let's look at some of the main points from the passage that, that we read uh, beneath those verses. 
uh, three main points in particular uh, that will give us some uh, biblical understanding of submission within the family unit. The first one is, let's first look at submission in a broader text. As Christians, we are all called to submit to who? Christ. Okay, in a broader sense. We're all called to submit to Christ. To be a Christian is to be someone who has submitted to and acknowledged the Lordship of Jesus, right? That's right. And so if we are called as Christians to submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, we are already submitting in a broader sense. So it shouldn't be too difficult for the wives to submit, right? Because you're already submitting anyway to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Okay? That's point number one. That's point number one. Point number one is saying that if we are already submitting to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, it shouldn't be difficult to submit to Jesus, whom God has placed where he is. All right? <laughs> Point number two. <laughs> As the church submits to Christ, so wives are to submit to their husbands in everything. Okay? Again, the first point is, as Christians, we are submitting anyway, mm-hmm. on a broader sense. The second point is, as the church submits to Christ, so two wives are to submit to their husbands in everything. To submit in everything doesn't include things that are wrong. Okay, and that needs to be clarified and amplified. Yes. All right, because I think that's where the major problem is. Yes. All right, when 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 uh, wives ex- expected to submit to those things that they know are not right mm-hmm. as before the Lord. That's right. And then the the third point is, in this way, submission is never a passive action. Mm-hmm. It's a choice to live a life of obedience. To Christ. Okay, so three very valid and important points uh, we see there. But also, we also need to take into consideration some other things uh, that come out of verse 22. Paul discussed God's design for the family in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 22, straight through chapter 6 and verse 3. Paul began by addressing how wives might display their identity in Christ within their marriages. How they're to display their identity in Christ within the confines or the context of marriage. The Greek word for submitted, verse 22, does not appear uh, in some manuscripts of the Bible, but the concept is clearly present from its appearance in verse 21. The term means voluntarily placing oneself under the authority of another. Voluntarily placing oneself under the authority, not forced. That's right. Voluntarily placing oneself under the authority of another. Verse 21 indicates the people of God should willingly, not by constraint, but willingly humble themselves and consider the needs of others ahead of their own. In verse 22, Paul highlighted specifically the marriage relationship in that particular context. Paul encouraged wives to submit to their husbands. Wives' submission should parallel their submission to the Lord. 
In other words, the, the, the wife's submission to the Lord should be on the same level as their submission to their husband. It should parallel. They had placed faith in Christ to provide salvation. They also needed to place faith in their husbands to lead them and their families. To do so requires a deliberate decision by the wife or an act of the will. And so Paul puts it uh, pretty much in context there, uh, so that it is very clear. Now, verse 22 to 24 contains instructions for wives. It's only appropriate that verses 25 to 28 contain key instructions for who? Husbands, right? So let's look at those verses. Um, before we go there, brother, um, uh -huh. we have to take uh, something in consideration. Being up and equal in the Right, yes. Uh -huh. uh -huh. Christian wife and Christian husband. Yeah, well, let's begin in the context of Christian wives and husbands. Yeah. It's hard and hard to write, start right here. Mm -hmm. Telling the wife if they are equally yoked as mm -hmm. according to the scriptures. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's very important. Yeah. A, a, a marriage definitely should be between two Christians. And I mean the Lordship of Jesus Christ. I guess I'm a Christian. But following Jesus and making it Lord. You yeah. know, mm -hmm. this, is, this is easily done if you are in the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Easy. But yeah. But it points out um, because yeah, it's so if you are unequally yoked, you will endure hardships. It's not equally yoked. Now remember now, remember now, the Apostle Paul is speaking to Christians. Yeah. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So the context here is within the confines of, of, of Christianity. Okay? The Bible does address uh, being unequally yoked, but that's not the issue here. Okay, let's look at the other verses, uh, 25 to 28. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her, to make her holy, cleansing her with the washing of water by the word. <clears throat> he did this to present the church to, to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or anything like that, but holy and blameless. In the same way, Husbands are to love their wives as their body, as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. Okay, now what's the set? The third question here: How do these verses compare and contrast with the husbands we see today in movies and TV? Completely opposite. <laughs> <laughs> Completely opposite. Chalk and cheese. Huh? Chalk and cheese. Chalk and cheese. All right. They want control totally. <coughs> Total control. Madam Andy, mm. I have a very difficult thing to understand this subject. Mm. <laughs> 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 Even if you speak for yourself, love your wives. He didn't say one woman. Husbands. What does it say? Let, let, let's have someone explain that for Brother Wells. <laughs> Anybody want to bother to explain that to Brother Wells? 
You know he's trying to be the devil. I'm, I'm the kid, right? <laughs> but sorry, Albert, right? But sorry, I said. All husbands. All husbands. Are to love. Are to love their wives. The wives that they have. The one wife that they one have. Wife that God granted. If Paul was a man of God, he should have corrected this. <laughs> 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 okay. No, it says husbands. Yeah, husband. It doesn't say husband. It says husbands. Husband. All husbands. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So how do how do these verses? Uh, someone else. How do these verses compare to and contrast with the husbands we see in today, movies and TV, the sitcoms and the movies and so on? Different. Anything stand out? Mm-hmm. Some of them don't even, they so married to their work, they don't check their family. Okay, they're not, they're married to other than their, their wives. Mm-hmm. Okay, anything else? Self-centered. Self-centered, okay. They want their wives to submit to them whether they're right or wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mostly wrong. They <laughs> 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 Okay. And of course we've heard many stories, right? Uh in real life, not just movies and TV. But we we've heard some real life stories that are horrifying. Uh where husbands pretended to be saved and after they got married the wife yeah. found they weren't saved after all. Okay. <laughs> Uh, and so that that compares to the movies. Does it not compare to the movies? Uh, where there's no reality, there's no no um, transparency. Okay. Um, I've heard stories where husbands and wives, uh, uh, the husband didn't want to be with his wife, and he decided that he wanted to leave, and they neither of them wanted to leave the house, so the husband would bring. The other woman in the house, and there are many, many horror stories. Look at, look at. Let's look at the passages beneath the verse. For me, becoming a husband was easy. However, becoming a godly husband has been the greatest challenge of my life. And I'll be clear up front: I haven't always been a godly husband. My wife has endured my selfishness and has seen the very worst of me. Even so. We celebrated over 20 years of marriage. How did that happen? Our marriage was not, our marriage has not only survived, but it has thrived because of one simple truth. I learned to die to myself. I learned about dying to himself by studying the life and death of Jesus. Any man who desires to become the husband God wants him to be needs to study and imitate the life of Jesus. The Apostle Paul commanded husbands to love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. Jesus loves us and desires the very best for us. For Christ, the very best for us meant his death on the cross, because through that sacrifice we gained forgiveness and eternal life. Christ submitted himself to the Father and and to death for our benefit, to bring us back to himself and make us without spot or wrinkle or anything like that, but holy and blameless. What an incredible sacrifice for us. In the same way, the husband is to sacrifice sacrifice himself 
to ensure that his wife can become everything God wants her to be. When husbands love their wives the way Christ loves, they surrender their own desires in favor of what's best for their wives. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, this is submission to Christ because the husband is placing the need of another before his own. When a husband loves his wife as Christ loves the church, he models submission for his family. Husbands are to submit to Christ and wives are to submit to their husbands. Husbands cannot lead their wives to a Christ-honoring behavior they are unwilling to demonstrate themselves. As I submit to Christ, my, life, my wife trusts me. By leading out in submission, I encourage her submission. The love and submission Paul lifts up in verses 22 to 28 not only benefit the couple, they also influence others who see their relationship and actions. And no one is more impacted by, and no one is more impacted than their children. After all, children don't just learn to do what parents say, they learn by watching what their parents do. Amen. Okay, now notice the second paragraph there. Christ submitted himself to the Father unto death. For who? For our benefit. Why? To bring us back to himself and make us what? Without spot or wrinkle or anything like that. But holy and what? Blameless. What an incredible sacrifice for us. In the same way, the husband is to sacrifice himself to ensure that his wife can become everything God means her to be. You know, this came, came to, what came to mind when I read this? Husband uh, to sacrifice himself. We were at, um, uh, the deacons were at um, Laverne Clark's house yesterday repairing her roof. And um, the neighbor next door was talking to Leslie, Wesley, Wesley Ferguson uh, was on the roof and um, he was leading the repairs. And the woman said, all the husbands from that house are now on the way down there dead. <laughs> you know, she went on this conversation about how all these husbands are dead and left their wives behind. You know, so Wesley came to me and we were, we were taking a break because it started to rain. And, uh, and uh, we had run out of, uh, I think we had run out of something. And uh, someone went to get something. And Wesley came to me and he was saying, boy, I wonder what happened. He said, then how come, you know, all the men around here are dead? <laughs> you know? So I said, well, it, it's, it's often typical the men go first, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, but it, this came to mind when he says, in the same way, the husband is to sacrifice himself to ensure that his wife can become everything God means her to be. And uh, you know, there's an old saying that the husband worked themselves to death in order that their families and their wives would have. When husbands love their wives the way Christ loves, they surrender their own desires in favor of what's best for their wives. Ultimately, this is submission to Christ because the husband is placing the needs of another before his own. Alright, that's some very sobering thought right there in those in that passage. 
as something to think about. Who's been a positive role model? Question number four. Who's been a positive role model for biblical sacrifice and submission in your life? Anybody could think of anyone? Uh, in your life. In my life? Yeah, today. Not, not, no, not biblical characters. You're talking about persons who you know personally. Who's been a positive role model for biblical sacrifice and submission in your life? My grandmother. Grandmother, okay. Both. Both your parents. Okay. Anybody else? Positive role model for biblical sacrifice. Someone who uh, exemplified the, bib the, the biblical sacrifice of submission. Teacher. Hmm? Teacher, my mother. Your mother, okay. Hmm? I said both of my parents. Both your parents. Okay, anybody else? Teacher. My parents is the same age. Hmm. Okay. So in most cases, it's parents, right? Yeah. All right. As we conclude with Ephesians 6, 1 to 3, we'll see that our identity in Christ means for us as both parents and children today. What our identity in Christ means for us as both parents and children today. So let's look at the, the final uh, three verses before us. Ephesians 6, 1 to 3. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, because this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment of your promise, so that it may go well with you, and that you may have a long life in the land. As a child... Okay, stop right there. Let's look at that question number five. How do these verses apply to your current situation? Anybody? Uh, well, I was preaching this to my kids. Okay. What do you say to them? I quote this scripture to them. I've been reading themselves. I don't know. Is there anything in this verse that you emphasize to them based on what you see the current trend is happening in our world today? When your obedience are fulfilled, then the children will come in obedience. We have to come under obedience and then the children will follow. Okay. Exactly true. Yes, we have to come. We obey. As as we expect our children to be obedient to us, then we should also be um, obedient to Christ's command upon us. Okay, so you showed them your your example of obedience to the Lord mm -hmm. as a lesson for them to be obedient to you. Right. Okay. Okay, I know I was trying to remember the words. As death waking in you, life in others. Okay. I always told the children at a very young age, if you was coming to the States or Europe, you would want to learn, you would want to read about where you're going, what you expect. So when you get there, you would not be a stranger. Exactly. It's the same day that one day you will die. I will not be with you. Mm -hmm. So therefore, wherever you choose to go, you should know about it. There's two places. 
Okay. One is life and the other one is destruction. Mm -hmm. So therefore, you'll have to choose right now or when time to come, which way you would want to go. Mm -hmm. Okay. So therefore, the path was laid right to them and both of them has chose the right path. <coughs> I also, should I say, their children is doing the same thing as of today. So it's no use, no answer, no buts about nothing. Facts remain the same. Okay. Good. As parents, you have to be models for our children. Models, okay. To me, my children, I taught them from at a tender age to love the Lord, serve Him with all your heart, and the Lord will bless you for it. And I am a, I'm a mother of three children, and I've never been to the court. And no neighbors ever come to me and say, mm -hmm. child, no child or your children do this or do that. They are role models in society and I'm very, very proud of them. Yeah, okay. Okay, now notice what the voice says. Children, look at the voice again. Obey your parents in the Lord. Why? Because this is right. Verse 2. Honor your father and mother which is the first commandment with a what? Promise. And what is that promise? That you have long life. That it may be well. May go. Do you know any children who are not, is not going well with them because they're not honoring their parents? Oh yeah. We have many oh, yeah. stories, don't we? Okay. So there's a promise. So that it may go well with you. And what else? And you have long life in the land. So we can, we can, we can kind of... <laughs> have an indication of why some people die, some young people die young, right? Yes. Perhaps, perhaps they may not be honoring their parents. And when things are not going well with them, perhaps. Okay, so we have some promises there. Okay, now that brings us back to the question, how do these verses apply to you in your current situation? Do you use these verses when you're talking to your children? Yes. Uh, about how they are to live their lives and the promises. You know, everybody likes promises, right? Oh, yeah. Anybody, especially children. Oh, boy, don't promise them something. You'll never forget it. They will never let you forget it. So if you promise them that they're going to have a long life, nobody wants to, to, to die, do they? You know, every child that you talk to will tell you what they want to be when they grow up, right? No child that you talk to would, would tell you, well, I, uh, I want to die young. No, they all have promise, they all have uh, aspirations of what they want to be. So it's good to promise them to make sure that they understand that there's a promise for the kind of behavior that they have with regards to how they treat their parents. Okay, uh, let's look at the verses, the power, the passages beneath the verse then. As a child, I didn't understand many of the rules set down by my parents. I responded to radically every one of my parents' commands and request with one word, why? <laughs> my parents often responded with, because I said so. <laughs> it's natural for children to ask the why question. The good communication is a big part of effective parenting. In the end, though, Children have a responsibility to obey what their parents say. The command is not to obey because parents are perfect, but because Christ is. 
Sure, obedience to parents is commanded for the children at home. But what does that have to do with us? We are adults now. Our parents desire us to have us grow into mature men and women who live independent and responsible lives. When we reach that point and we are out on our own, our relationship to them changes. But our change to honor them, our charge to honor them, does not. Honor never goes out of style. The decision to honor our parents isn't without its benefits. So that it may go well with you and that you may have a long life in the land. Paul reminded us that God will bless us when we honor our parents. What does such honor look like? It's more than a Mother's Day or Father's Day card. It's more than flowers on their graves. Mm-hmm. Rather, we show honor in our attitude towards our parents. Mm-hmm. It's seen in what we do when we are with them. How we talk to them or respond to their advice. And how we talk about them. As we seek to live out our identity in Christ, we cannot do so by simply being a husband, wife, parent, or child. We do it as followers of Christ, of Jesus. And we live out our submission to Christ in how we live at home. Okay. <coughs> Interesting points there, right? Yes. What uh, in those voices stand out to you as we read this that, that, uh, that upsets you with regards to our culture? Anything? In terms of how ch- children treat their parents? How they talk to them, okay? And how they respond. All right, that's one of the things that I think is most prominent in our culture, isn't it? Uh, Their attitude and how they speak to their parents so disrespectfully. Um, There was a a lady who um, is related to the people that I work for, uh, and she's Indian, and um, she called me one day and said, uh, her, what wasn't working? Her computer or internet or something wasn't, oh, that printer wasn't working. And her daughter was um, trying to do something online with regards to her education, her, her registration for college or something like that. And asked me if she could come by the office and use the internet. So I said, sure, no problem. So they came over and um, she was using a phone to communicate with the folks. She was trying to get something online and it wasn't working. And um, her mother asked her to, well, you know, try it again. Boy, and she burst it. She, what do you want me to do? I, blah, blah, blah. I said, whoa, but I said, <laughs> You know, I, I was kind of, I was kind of dumbfounded and shocked. And I was wondering, is this a cultural thing with Indians? <laughs> What do you want me to do? I did what you told me to do. What else am I supposed to do? <laughs> this is a young girl. You know, and her mother was sitting there, and her mother was sitting there, what did you do? You know, wow. You know, and I see that happen so many times. The way children speak to their parents, and I said, boy, you know, it's no wonder that some children are dying so young, because they don't know. They don't respect their parents and how they speak to them. And uh, and how they behave. 
<laughs> so it's amazing. Pastor, mm -hmm. um, the first lady down here, I've been my hand out. <laughs> oh, go ahead. <laughs> Sorry for that. I was just going to say, in addition, it falls under the category of respect that you just named, but um, too often um, I'm hearing young people be dismissive of the wise counsel and they brush aside what their parents have wisely told them or suggested. Mm -hmm. To their yeah. ruin. Yeah. And that shows a great degree of disrespect. You know? It's sad. It is sad. But really, that can only happen here, but not where I come from. You're not speaking to me, and then next time you find out. You know what discipline is all about. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. So don't be guys probably down. Yeah, that's what I didn't do for the child. Yep. And you can't bend the tree after it's grown. Nope. You must bend it while it's it's young. Okay, um we have an exercise there. Um did anybody do that? There's only Starry, right? <laughs> okay. Uh, what does it say? I use the following template to express your thanks to someone uh, or to a couple who has modeled for you what it means to be a biblical spouse. Pastor Allen and Sister Nancy. Okay. Pastor Lee and Sister Nancy. Okay. Anybody else? Did that? Oh, I have a board model couple. Marceline is an answer for me too. Ampu. Ampu and Mike? Yeah. Okay. Anybody else? I was a Joe with his wife. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. Okay. <laughs> All right. I got a roll this morning. Joe with his wife. All right, let's look at our time is gone here. Let's look at the live it out on uh, how we are to live out. Uh, what we have gone through today. How would you live out your identity in Christ at home in the days to come? Consider these suggestions to get started. The first one is submission. Begin each morning by actively and intentionally submitting to Christ. Notice it says actively and intentionally, two key words, submitting to Christ, verbally acknowledge him as your Lord and Master. Two, love. Be on the lookout for an opportunity to demonstrate self-sacrificial love to someone important in your life, your spouse, your friend, your neighbor, and so on. Express love both verbally and through action. And we often say actions speak louder than words, right? Mm -hmm. And then honor. Someone does. Even as adults, we are still called to honor our parents. Yeah. Some people, for some reason, miss that point. Yeah. They think after they get old, they don't honor their parents anymore. Yes, Pastor. And my husband, he's a man, he's married. And his wife calls his mom by her first name. I think that's disrespect. I think mm. that's how she grew up. And one day he came and he said, my first name, and said, for a minute, you wouldn't grow up like that. Do not let her persuade you, you know, pick up mm. your traits. And mm. that's disrespect. And ever since she's a female, he's a big man married. 
Yeah. Yeah, it is. So even as adults, we are still called to honor our parents. Identify a practical way you can express that honor to one of your parents this week. Okay, so we get three points there. Uh, submit, love, and honor. Make it a point to see if we can uh, apply those, those three sometime during the course of the week. And finally, there certainly is no place like home. It's likely the place where you feel most comfortable, most like your true self. For that reason, make sure your home reflects your identity as a disciple of Jesus. Amen? Amen.